This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. One, two, three, four. Ready to knock? Turn the lock. Play school. Hello. Hello and welcome to play school. Right, you ready, John? Oh, oh, oh. yes. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, I am ready. I, I, Captain Kristen. I am ready to zoom to the moon. Mm. Are you ready to zoom off to the moon with us today? Oh. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles. This episode of Blowing Bubbles is a special one for me. It is a tribute to my dad, John Mann, who died yesterday in Sydney, aged 76. An actor, a nurse, a teacher, a politician, a philanthropist. Dad was a guest on Sustainable Lens in March 2011. I'd, I'd like to move on to, to the stuff you've been doing, that we've been talking about uh, your work in Cambodia, just because it, I find this absolutely intriguing and I have a sneaking suspicion you have a story for us that starts with trekking through Cambodia. Is that right? You were you were doing yes. some travelling, <clears throat> more or less. I'd, I'd been a, a, a I'd been a local government councillor for seven years. hadn't had a holiday of any sort. Decided to travel around the world and see poor countries. And in fact, the first poor country I saw, and I, I spent a month in. I also went to Cuba. Um, uh, went to all sorts of poor countries. It was a month in Cambodia, and. They have the nearest thing to a taxi is a tuk-tuk, which is a motorbike pulling a carriage. And my tuk-tuk driver was going to get married, and he said, "Do you want to come to my wedding?" And yeah, okay. No idea that this was going to be in the middle of nowhere, and in the more in the middle of. And I've been to lots of nowheres, and this was in the middle of it. Um, as the crow flies, only fifteen miles from the Vietnam border, but it could have been light years away. Um, I was the f- when when I got there, it was four hours travel east of Phnom Penh, but if you look on a map, it's quite close, but very very difficult to get through over dirt roads. I was the first white person that very few old people, fifty percent of the population under the age of fifteen, because of the death rate, very little health care. Um, an old lady said she was eighty five she should be bottled and injected into people because she had the secret because there was no medical care um i was the first white person she'd ever seen and she'd been through uh french colonial times japanese occupation the vietnam war and all the encroachments and the americans pretending they'd never hadn't been into cambodia to chase them Mm. uh untac which was the united nations and i was the first white person she'd ever seen and all of the various there's 1000 1100 ngos operating in cambodia and they never go to to these sort of places it's they really don't they really don't i don't not sure why but they certainly didn't go to my place and uh so i had lots of free time 
and I roamed around, and I actually gave, it sounds like something out of a movie, but there was a blind monk, and I gave him a tape recorder, and I gave a, a policeman, they earn $20 a day, and have no uniform, no motorbike, but they're given an AK-47. Mm. And he, somebody stole a water buffalo in another village, and he couldn't, there was no evidence, so I gave him a camera. So he photographed it and could prove that it was this other man's water buffalo. And somebody said, you're a good man, John. Could you give us a school? And I said, pardon? So, could you give us a school? And I said, look, I, I know you think it was obvious. He thought I was endlessly rich. Apart from anything else, I could afford, afford an aeroplane mm. um, ticket. And um, uh, could you ask your friends? And it was the magical question. I've often said this. It was the magical question. Could you ask your friends? And I couldn't say no. So back to Queensland. In three months, we had the money. Three months. Um, we had the money for the first school. Built three schools now. We've got 1,000 children in school. And nobody in these areas had ever, ever been to school. No. Now. Um, and we're, we're now working on the... The health side of things. I was right to concentrate on the schooling. Um, the United Nations in 2008, a, a lady wrote for them about sex slavery in the lower Mekong, which is what this area is, and said that the answer was education. The, these girls and boys and their parents don't know there's an option to selling your child forever for $500 and never seeing them again. So education was the answer. Then you can start dealing with other stuff. Life and death is, is almost not as important as education. Um, and so now we're working on a clinic, um, a local clinic, like, rather like a barefoot doctor's clinic, probably run by nurses, so that the nurses can work out if something needs to go to a hospital that they can't understand. And what they can understand, they can treat, you know, which is the, the barefoot doctor principle. Um, uh, I, at, at that stage, this was, uh, uh, I first went there seven years ago, started building the schools about four or five years ago. And uh, at that stage, I believed that every girl that had ever left to go into Phnom Penh to improve themselves had ended up either voluntarily or compulsorily in the sex industry. And after several years, that, that is the truth. That is the truth. The, the boys can only really get into the other option, which is the garment industry. And, all, and Columbia, Gap are the big ones, and lots, lots of other, which I, I won't quote because I might, I might mm. be wrong, lots of other garment people. They get a dollar a day for working 12 hours. They get fined if they don't turn up. Um, that, those are the options. Um, the sex industry is between five and twenty dollars an hour with violent people looking after them so it's it ain't a pleasant income for anybody so education why would we educate them they can't read and write their own language so they can now i can i now know that almost all of my thousand kids are in school can now already read and write their own language that means there's an option for them to work at reception in the hotels they, they can know about other countries. They can know about choices. It's about choices. There is choices. They can still do all the bad things, mm. but there's an option for them to do the good things as well. And that's what I'm doing. At the, at the, um, one of my greatest problems is, is 
is telling people. So I'm really delighted to be able to, to tell you because we constantly need money. We need money, money for books. Um, to make it sustainable, I've got to keep going mm. until there's kids in teachers' training school because Pol Pot killed everybody. He killed all the teachers, all the teachers' teachers, all the doctors, all the nurses. So we've got to get a generation of kids into a teaching role before it's not before it can be sustainable the the the, the killing fields year zero this is a a piece of history that no one is particularly proud of because of the way that at the time a blind eye was turned but it seems to be still occurring i mean i've even read about um cambodian educated youth that find it extraordinarily difficult to come to terms with that part of their country's history so if even they can't Mm. start to deal with us it it, it it does make you wonder how we can um, just uh, um, talking about the you know the, the fact that people are only earning a dollar a day and we're talking about peak oil how what effect does the oil prices having on Cambodia and and the, the rise in fuel and rise in food prices like grain and rice or has that had much of an effect well it's a, it's a it's a question it's an answer you wouldn't expect um, the the Mm. Fuel there is about a dollar a litre, roughly, roughly what it is here, just over a dollar a litre, same as it is everywhere else, in, with slight variations. Um, anybody who drives a vehicle, is, it's a 100cc motorbike, so it's low-ish, so it's, the, the expenditure is, is low-ish. They're an incredibly resilient people, the, the Cambodians. Uh, they've had to be over decades. Remember, they were f- trying to fight off the French. They had the, the Japanese occupation. Um, food, they, gr- they tend to grow their own and find it. The, the, the diet, and I kid you not, of any meal right now in Cambodia, they are eating all the insects, all the small birds, all the leeches, all the, all the tiny snakes, absolutely everything. It's very high in protein, very high in intestinal worms, unfortunately, in parasites and illness and all the rest of it. They eat all the vegetables from the watercourses. It's, it's, um, it, it's, it's a resi- all the spiders... Um, uh, and anything that's alive they will eat so they're resilient but the price of oil means that they are stuck with low cc motorbikes and i'm wondering i've heard a lot of, about the hydropolitics of the area in, in the lower mekong that a yep. lot of the water is now going to disappear because it's going to be um irrigating fields in thailand and um and, various, and in mm. china quite exactly mm. um how do you feel about the, what, what, have you got concerns about the future for that yeah very very much so it it's very sad because you see 80% of cambodia do live in villages like my villages we mm. we, we service uh, immediately five in two of the schools and another seven in another school and then we're going to build a high school which will serve 12 so all these villages are very similar all over cambodia and they tend to not know much about the news so I'm, I'm ahead of them. I'm ahead of them. And it, it's a very sad feeling that what's going to happen to the Mekong because millions of them are reliant on the Mekong and they fish it sustainably. They really do because they, they are fishing with, uh, they're fishing with fishing rods. They are, they are fishing with, out of those little long boats that you can imagine um, sailing around the, 
South Vietnam and um, and in, in into Cambodia. So yes, it's going to have a terrible effect on the livelihood of a lot of them and the irrigation into the rice fields. Because remember, it was it was very much floodplain, and to a, to quite a large extent, nature does is allowed to take its course in mm. Cambodia because much of it is floodplain and it's allowed so to be. So that's why a lot of the houses are on stilts and you, uh, there's lots of wonderful photos around of houses that have got a fishing boat uh, tethered to the bottom thingy but it's bone dry. So then they grow uh, some things and then when it's flooded slightly they grow rice and when it's flooded completely they go out and fish. So they're never affected by floods because they know it's going to flood. But if it doesn't flood at all, they're stuck. I have the the advantage over the other two because I've seen seen all the photos of, mm. of the the building of the school. Can you tell us about the the building process and, and yeah, it was it was. There's been a lot of very fortunate things happen right from the beginning. We we got we got it right. Um, I knew we got to get the price right down. So they said that's all right. We can we can build it all. We can do it all. Oh, that's good. Not knowing by all, I mean, they, they meant all. So um, there's, there's, a, there's a builder that lives locally, and he can build a school. So the, it tends to be uh, the, the wives who mix the cement and the concrete. So they're all mixing cement, hand mixing, just like you would hand mix a small job at home. There's people boxing ready for the huge beams, and they literally climb bamboo ladders and tip in uh, buckets of of cement into the boxing, you know, up, and then then that becomes a horizontal beam or a vertical beam, and they hand dig the holes for all of that. The 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 stampers or the the uh, the big uh, things for compressing are logs with um with poles on them. So you hand wheelbarrows, bamboo poles with uh, with with sacking around them. So it's all hand on the bricks and built uh, bricks, but. You, you. I mean, Sam's seen the photos, and and the, when eventually there's a website, you'll see the photos. These are full-on professional, last hundred years brick-built schools, uh, all made locally. And what's yeah. the style of the school? It's um, it's a kind of cross between uh, Cambodian and French colonial. Uh, so you've got corridor, uh, sorry, veranda. Slightly turned up edges to the to the eaves, terracotta terracotta roof, hand handmade locally, handmade terracotta tiles, bricks, um, wooden doors, shuttered windows, no glass. Um, in one of the schools, we managed to get a grant for solar panels, which is which we actually eked out to two schools. So two of the schools have got electricity. Um, w- my theory is that the parents will a need want certainly need uh, educating um, because they can't read and write remember T- to a man and woman they want their children to get out of this trap um, also I know that their farming practices are that there's a, there's a lot to be said for medieval farming but there's also a lot not to be said for it and one crop a year is not good enough um, and there's lots of other jobs they could be doing to increase their level of income um, otherwise, money's going to have to keep flowing in. So we have to help them in many other ways. Education of the children first, education of the parents second, uh, looking to second incomes, looking at, at promoting health 
and curing health. We, we, need, to, we need to stop them getting ill, uh, but also a lot of them are already I was talking about, about the, the social... Um, oh, yeah, the, the, mental the, illness. The stress and the stresses yeah, stress. on people now. Yeah. Um, there's still a fair bit of denial. Um, they are... It, it, it's a staggering part of their history, and they're trying to get on. Remember, these people, these aren't people that we're trying to drag out of the trees... These, peop- these are people who, in 1975, were probably on a par with Bangkok. You know, it was the Pearl of the Orient and all of that. Um, so they were dragged way down from, and the old people remember what it was like. They've been dragged back and, and, and are a proud people. And they know how, and they are incredibly grateful, and they know what they're aiming for. They know they're aiming for the... They're, 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 they're like... People say, oh, they're so different. No, they're not different at all. They're actually very similar to you and I. They speak a different language. They eat different things, largely because they have to. Mm-hmm. Um, they wear different clothes. It's a hot country. You know, they're like you and I with the same emotional needs. The children are the same as our children. Uh, they're just abused and uneducated. Mm. One of the interesting things, you know, the parallel between Willie Smith's story and your story was that he insisted on giving ownership to the local people, and you've done the same thing. How important is that to maintaining this this process of of uh, educating and, and developing the country? Completely. If they if they didn't want, if I was to give them, I made I, I've made mistakes. The first mistake I made was to give them a toilet. Um, uh, I mean, essentially, it was a toilet for me because I knew I was going back. Um, and when I got back, the only person who'd used it in six months was a different policeman uh, to wash his motorbike because it was a source of water. Um, but nobody, and, and still to this day, the toilet where it is, most people around that house um, will, those people that know me well, will go into the toilet, shut the door, and, and I can hear them. They pee on the floor rather than use the toilet, because it's their tradition. So I haven't got there yet. It's no good giving them what they don't want. There's a lot of education. Their health is appalling, partly because of precisely that, the fact that they, they poo and wee right outside the back door, next to the well, you know, because there's no running water, and the water's groundwater, and they poo and wee on it, and there's thousands of people. This isn't remote countryside. This is densely populated countryside. So it's I've got to do it slowly but surely. Otherwise, they just aren't going to want it. John, just just quickly to wind up, what are your plans? Where are we going next? Um, what we're doing next is I need a high school. At the moment, they finish school at age fifteen. That's it. They finish school at fifteen. Mm. I need a high school. We need the the clinic. And now for something completely different, some bits and pieces, perhaps even a montage of of play school. Put on your scarecrow coat, put on your scarecrow coat, put on your scarecrow coat, we're going out today. I think that looks like a pretty friendly scarecrow. Now you just need the final touch. A wibbly-wobbly, ning-nang-nong, crazy scarecrow hat. There, well, I I do, I feel great. I feel (laughs) just like a scarecrow. (laughs) I feel like it. A dingle, dangle, flippy floppy scarecrow. When all the cows were sleeping and the sun had gone to bed, up 
jumped a scarecrow and this is what he said I'm a dingle dangle scarecrow with a flippy floppy hat and I shake my hands like this and I shake my feet like that Mama Mama Isn't that a good song? It's a funny one. Shall we sing it again? All right, this time without the puppets. here and we're about done there and there I think oops hang on Manu here we go see looks good well how about that I think they look marvelous one thing left I need a telescope for seeing things from the ship when we're out to sea well I thought you might want a telescope so I got these they might be just what we need. What that is grand, grand thing. Two cardboard rolls. If that one fits inside, yes it does, one smaller than the other, I have a telescope ready made. And, oh, you put a piece of sticky tape over the end so that when I store it in my belt, it won't fall through. See, a bit of sticky tape on the end there, and I can look through it. There, what can I see? Oh, my word, what a... What a band of big pole pirates I see. Pirates. Ha 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 ha. We a big boat. Boing, 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 boing. And they spent all of their time jumping to just about everything. There. And soon, so many people were shouting, jump to it, that everybody in the whole country was jumping to it. The king became known as the King of Jumpland. People used to jump out of bed in the morning and back to bed at night. Now, every year in Jumpland there was a competition to see if anybody could jump higher than the king. And the people practiced all day long. They practiced for weeks and they were jumping high up in the air, up and down, up and down. The palace began to shake with all of that banging and bumping and jumping and the king called his councillors to the throne room and they jumped in the second fairy is john hello i'm fairy bubbles because when i am happy happiness just bubbles up inside me <laughs> and when i'm sad i feel like i've been popped like a balloon. <laughs> because it is my birthday, I know just what I want. Fairy Bubbles? Fairy Bubbles? Yes, Princess Gertrude. Oh, don't call me Princess. I'm sick of being a princess. Yes, um, Gert. Don't be so cheeky. You can't just call me Gert. Um, Yo Gert? <laughs> no. Strawberry yogurt, apricot yogurt. No, no, no. Fruit salad yogurt, oh, that's my favorite. All those tastes all mixed up together. That's what I'll call you. I'll call you my fruit 
salad yogurt. No, you will not. I'm not yogurt. No, I know. You're a princess. Oh, don't keep reminding me. Now, today is my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. And this year, I want a very special present. Mm-hmm. I want to be changed into something else. What sort of something else? Oh, anything. What sort of anything? Just anything. Like fruit salad yogurt. <laughs> anything. As long as I don't have to be a princess anymore. Tommy, why don't you want to be a princess? Because I'm grumpy and I don't like anything. Now, tell mm. everyone to come to my party. Okay, okay, yes. There's a party! There's a party for Grumpy Princess Gert. There's a party for Shirty Gertie. It's right now! Hey, yo! You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. I'm Samuel Mann. This show is a tribute to John Mann, who came on Blowing Bubbles in September last year, 2021. I am joined from Magnetic Island, off the north coast of Queensland. Every morning at the mine, you could see him arrive. He stood six foot six, made 245, kind of broad at the shoulder, narrow at the hip. And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John. Big John, Big John, Big Bad John, Big John. Nobody seemed to know where John called home. He just drifted into town and stayed all alone. Didn't say much, kind of quiet and shy, but if you spoke at all, you just said hi to Big John. I've got John Mann. John Mann, as in my dad. Welcome, Dad. Yeah, hello, hello, Sam. Um, Yeah, 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 it's all all good. I'm looking forward to this. And happy Father's Day for yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, I posted a picture on Facebook of me as Santa Claus. I thought, well, that's appropriate. (laughs) I posted it back as Father Christmas. Yes, that's right. (laughs) And happy birthday for last week. Yes, yes, yes. I I was in chemotherapy on that day um, in Townsville. And uh, it was actually a hilarious day, a hilarious day, because none of my none of my relatives, you know, your sister, uh, Nell, was supposed to be with me because she's got the same birthday as me, as you well know, um, from Auckland. But she might as well have been on Jupiter because you can't get from Auckland to Magnetic Island. Uh, however, 1000 Victorian sports players can be, uh, but not my children. So I sort of sort of waxed poetic about that on Facebook from my chemotherapy bed. That was that was my birthday. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have the birds with tambourine man. Why this one? Yes. Ah, uh, this is this is one of my favourites because I I sort of was sort of there at the time, as it were. Um, uh, famously, but well, I was in Derby. This is before drama school. Nineteen sixty-five. It would have been because I went to drama school in sixty-six. And um, and I was I was I knew I was going to drama school, so it was exciting times. I was working sort of on the railway trying to make money, uh, re- ready to go to drama school. 
And so off we went, me and my mate, Jim Forsyth, we went to Bass's Wreck in Derby, and there's the birds. And Bob Dylan famously said, uh, the birds play this better than I do. And um, uh, and and they, they they did. They played it, and it's and it's and it's it's a lovely rendition of uh, Mr. Tambourine Man. And so I was I was there happily there when there was this announcement from by Bob Dylan. I was in Derby, and the birds were playing. The actual birds were playing, and they played this, and I, you know, it felt very special. quite lucky that you didn't get sick in Cambodia where you well, are building schools well, yes um, I obviously did I mean the, the, the story uh, I've obviously been very people said how are you I said I'm fine I'm really well they said you've got cancer I said yes but I've had cancer for probably five years and nobody knew and in fact eventually um, while I while I was in Cambodia I was I couldn't get in and out of a tuk-tuk. I couldn't. Uh, there, were, there were things, things I couldn't do, and I didn't know why. I, I just didn't know why, and I was clearly very ill. At that at that time, the doctors in the Gold Coast were missing a key, uh, a, a key pointer towards cancer. They were literally missing it. And eventually, the hematology people sent, and I've I've got it. I've got a copy of it. Sent a hand-drawn red Mount Everest picture with 800 written at the top of it and said, have you noticed this? Um, now, uh, a, a, a warning for cancer is eight, not 800. And it had been happening, 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 happening. Uh, so, 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 yes, I was sick in Cambodia, but I didn't know why. How is Cambodia dealing with the pandemic? Um, it's, it's actually a little bit difficult to know They're they're, they're not really testing anybody. Um, they, they, in our village, for instance, fortunately today, today, uh, our schools open. So that's, that's a very dramatic piece of progress. Now in the interim, they closed the schools. So schools have been closed for two or three months, um, because of COVID-19, Except that nobody's getting nobody's getting tested, um, and um, they, they 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 were very successfully doing online learning. All of our children were 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 going to going to people's houses, the bigger houses in the villages, and being taught online by the teachers, but in a government program that was on the sort of television, you know. On the, TV and all that kind of thing and it was actually really good except it was absurd because some of these houses had classroom sized groups of kids all together being taught 
So, so they might just as well have been at school, which, which is where, from, from our point of view, school is a very, very useful place because we know where all the kids are. You know, no, nobody gets, nobody gets um, disappeared. Nobody's sort of sold into slavery anymore. We've, we've, we seem to have conquered that by absolute, absolute fervour by absolute fervour of knowing where the kids are all the time. And, of course, it's only when they're going to school and they go past where I live, which is a house that we've got, which where we can see the school, um, and, and a high school that we've never access to is the other way. When we can see them going back and forth, we know where every kid is. And, of course, we don't, but we do from today. So it's a very joyous day today. They don't know. I mean, for instance, let's imagine there's a lot they don't know. They've lost $5 billion in tourism this year because nobody's allowed in. And that's, that's a lot for Cambodia. If, if I was to... If, right now, the situation in Australia and Cambodia is absurd. Um, if I was to go to from here, Magnetic Island, to Sydney, I could do that. I'd have to quarantine on my way back in, but I could do that. I could do it to Sydney. Now, let's imagine I then want to go to Cambodia you know, where they love me, I love them, I've got stuff to do, I want to see it. Yes, I'm sick, but I'm in sort of remission because chemotherapy is about to stop. Um, so I'll be, I'll be all right. Um, so what, what happens is, A, at the moment, uh, Australia won't let me leave the country, so I, ca I can't actually get on a plane. Uh, if I could get on a plane, uh, I go to Cambodia, and they whisk me away immediately into, quote, a government facility at $3,000 for 14 days, which is, a, which is basically a, a, a shed. Um, and, um, and at the end of the 14 days, well, the p police bring me food, which will be Cambodian food. And at the end of the 14 days, they retest me. Now, without a doubt... Everybody, everybody in Cambodia, everybody, all the expats, all the teachers know. Sadly, what, what being tested at the end of that 14-day period would mean is I would fail because, because it's in somebody's interest that I fail. So they want another $3,000. That, that, that's the sort of, So nobody's going back. So at the moment, uh, I, 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 I can't leave the country. I think, I personally think it will ease up I think it will ease up because Cambodia needs the money. Australia needs the money. It, it's, it's, it's absurd what they're doing here. Um, uh, it, it's, fortunately, our kids are... Today is a joyous day because we've, we, we start to know where our kids are again. Cambodia is good at living with no money, but this is even more no money. You're maintaining a, a, you're maintaining yeah, it, a presence it, and, and, and being busy on social media and things, keeping the awareness going? Yeah, very, very much so. I, I, my, my raison d'etre, my sort of almost my reason for living is, is which I'm quite happy with, is, is to um, uh, at least save this lot. Um, uh, and indeed, in, in 2008, the United Nations, um, which was absolutely coincidental because that's the, 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 not the year that I arrived but it was the year that i knew what i was going to do with within uh, doing Cambodia. i'd arrived in 2004 but that was i didn't know anybody then i just looked around the country and thought my god this place needs help it wasn't until 2008 now 
2008, on the same day, almost minutes later, I noticed that on, they said, can you give us a school, please? I said, hang on. I said, I'm, 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 I haven't got any money. Could you ask your friends? And so we, we, we worked out a plan. And that day, the United Nations uh, released a document called, called Sex Slavery in the Lower Mekong. And it was, it was ground zero. It was ground zero of sex slavery. Every child we know, I've got photos, many, many photos of examples of, of girls that were involved in, you know, had been, had been taken away, lived, come back, were in various degrees of prostitution, were in, got out of sex slavery, were absolutely determined that we open this school. So they came back to sort of make sure this school got opened. Um, the, 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 what we determined to do was conquer this so so we would never lose a child and in fact when we did lose a child i went down and rescued her from a chinese island uh, in the um, um in in the thai between between thailand and uh, cambodia so 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 you've you've what I've done is made sure, absolutely made sure that we've lost no kids. But this was, this happened by accident within minutes, this, this document. I said, what's this? What's this sex slavery in the Lower Mekong? And they, and they said, every child, every girl that has ever left this village has disappeared or been into proper prostitution, you know, as opposed to slavery. Now, we know who they all are. And they came back to the village to make sure that our kids went to school, our girls went to school. So, so we, we then had a double whammy. So not only are we educating the kids, because education is the answer to everything. You know, it's it sort of, um, if you don't have education, then, I mean, if, 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 the, if the corrupt leaves of the world had a brain, um, they would stop, they would close all schools down. Um, but they don't, fortunately. So, so as I say, today is an absolutely joyous day, joyous day because our schools are opening. So, so yeah, from, from then on, from then on, we had this sort of double purpose. We protect the kids uh, and, and educate them. So going back a long way further, sometimes you put on Facebook a list of bands that you've seen and the list of bands yeah. that you've seen, and one of them's the, the one that you haven't seen, and we have to guess which one it is. And your list of bands is the most incredible list of bands ever. Um, and most of these people yeah. you saw when there was, it was like you and you and your mate in a little pub somewhere in, in London. Yeah. And so your second music choice, Ruby Tuesday from the Rolling Stones. What's the story? That was, a, that was actually a magical day. Um, I was, I was at, I'd started at drama school, started at drama school, be at 65, I started, no, 66, I started, and it would, would have been 66 just after that. And I went into London to see this new street called Carnaby Street. And, um, th this was a fashion, it was in, it was in Soho, which was a sort of fashion and clubs and, and all that kind of thing, street. And nobody knew the significance of this. And, I was in in Carnaby Street, and suddenly, over the uh, over the loudspeaker was "Ruby Tuesday" by by the the the, the Rolling Stones, and they and, and they broadcast it in the streets uh, where where I was, um, 
and it was it was only then we suddenly started to realize the significance of Carnaby Street, of 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 the the the, the, the fashion industry. Um, what's what's about to happen? What's about to happen with psychedelia? With um, the, the the 66, 67, 68, 69, where you know the, with the but but it, it it's I, I was in I was in Carnaby Street when they released Ruby Tuesday. Um, I was they played it on the loudspeakers of of the street, so I heard it. I actually heard it, and I mean obviously I didn't see them play it, but I I heard them. I heard it being released, so that was significant. She would never say where she came from. Yesterday don't matter if it's gone. While the sun is bright, or in the darkest night, no one knows She comes and goes Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday Who could hang a name on you When you change with every new day Still I'm gonna miss you So before I actually asked you what music you wanted, I had some lined up, I had any old iron lined up, because you played any old iron around London. Yeah, I did. I, I, I played it really much of my life, because as you know, my grandfather, your great-grandfather, was a circus clown who, uh, and, and music hall, uh, you know, he used to dance in bean boots, which are big, big like clown boots. And he used to play the spoons and, and all that sort of stuff. And in fact, my dad, your granddad, Jim, was the youngest son. So he can hardly remember him either. But he's got older sisters and uh, they re- remembered all of that. So I was taught happily by people to play the spoons and tap dance practically from birth. Um, and, uh, and indeed, any old iron... Is a is a is is a, a wonderful wonderful piece of piece of music, especially with the tap dance, especially spoon playing. And in fact, I played it in music halls, and I played it in Portobello Road. I busked in Portobello Road in London uh, with with it. It's it's sort of easy to do, and um, and indeed on I've done it on everything from play school in New Zealand to uh, you know, all, all over the place. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a great song, any old line. There's other songs that are similar, that are similar, but that, that one was, I did it at drama school, and in fact, I put on Facebook, so a friend of mine from, from drama school, found a picture of me playing the spoons when I was 21. We all had, had a joint 21st birthday, so it was quite a good thing to post on my birthday. She found this photo, this magical <laughs> photo to find. I didn't know it existed. But me and a, a mate uh, who was also at drama school, he was playing the bongos, I was playing the, the, the spoons. Um, uh, all, all very all very serious looking because it was. It was, it was, it was music. You know, so, yeah, all, all my life I've done any old iron, really. 
Including on every platform in London, on the underground? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we used to... Um, um, be, because our drama school was just out in, in southeast, southeast London, it was a half-hour trip on the train. Oh, my God, we were good at trains. <laughs> we, we, were, we played a million practical jokes. We were on and off trains. We, we got off trains and then, and then went into another carriage and came back and I'd for, oh, I forgot my coat. You know, ran, ran 20 miles in theory uh, and so I've got forgot open the door reached in got my coat oh, thank god for that thank you and then disappeared again i mean we were we were, we were cruel um but but very very funny very funny um yeah 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 uh, um played played the played the spoons sung songs um all sorts on on practically every platform in um in 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 that that sort of train trip, which was was going into Trafalgar, we we got off at Charing Cross, which is basically Trafalgar Square. So we 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 got off the train right in central London and and did it all there, you know. Well, what lessons do you think we can take from how we've responded for the bigger questions, things like climate change and social injustice? Well, I think that's that's actually that you know you, you've got you've got sort of a, a bit of a bell curve where where, where you've got you you think that everybody's on average well you know they they they, they might be and I, I would like to hope that they are that Greta Thornburg I do think there is a lot of hope for that uh so long as people go people go, go with it I, I think um yeah I, I I've got I've got more hope for climate change um personally uh I, I'm, I you know we, we, we've, we've got to get to We've got to get through this. What, what I'm trying to say, I'm, I'm waffling here. Um, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge in that when this settles, it's all very well to assume, oh, yes, we're all getting to climate change now. Well, yes, you need people to actually do it. You need, you need people to sort of know that we, we need, we really desperately need to do it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I mean, but, one thing because I've, I, you know, I've made it to seventy-four, um, and I've lived through lived, lived through this so far. I mean, it's quite mirac- miraculous, really, quite remarkable. I mean, it's quite an experience. I mean, as I as I think I as I as I told your youngest son the other day um, that you know it, 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 it's it's if you if you think back to nineteen eighteen, if only we could find people that were alive then. Um, they would tell us what it was like. Well, the people like me and you and your children and everybody, they've lived through this. So at one, some point, we'll be able to tell people at the next, at the next pandemic what it was like. And it's quite, it's quite, it's, it's quite amazing what we're living through. I think, you- I, I think it's, quite, it's, quite, it's quite wonderful, wonderful that we're experiencing this. It, w- it will get dealt with how we deal with it. It's rather like how they dealt with the pandemic in nineteen. Okay, some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Well, the biggest success is 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 not is is indeed in um, is in Cambodia is opening my health school, which is a, our fourth school, and getting f- focused on education focused on education our biggest success my biggest success is that is that i can actually eventually 
you know, pass on, knowing that we did a very good job in Cambodia. You know, we protected and taught probably tens of thousands of boys and girls and protected them. And the, 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 the heart, the, the, the ground zero, as the United Nations said, of sex slavery, we, we lost one, rescued her, that scared the crap out of, out of the, the bad people. I know it did. Um, because, they, you know, they, bullies, bullies, bullies are cowards. And if you expose them, they run away. So we're writing, um, we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you're on our team. What is the superpower that's got you into the mansion? Oh wow! Um, uh, probably. Oh, this is this is this is underplaying it. But focus is very important. Focus is incredibly important. It's not a superpower, power, but if without it, you you, you fail. Um, unconditional love. Yeah, that'll do. Unconditional love. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Oh, yes. 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 And in fact, quietly, quietly, quietly a very not not a violent one but it, the effect is the same people the, the bad people are frightened of me uh, but I do it very calmly like like for instance when we rescued the girl I said well, everybody knows I'm here you can kill me if you like but everybody will know that you, you did it I, I want her now I'm not going anywhere and they said come back tomorrow I said no I'm sitting here um, and we got her we got her and I said, you know, and I, in a way, there there is a hidden strength in there, which is which is a bit of a cheat, and that is that they, you know, they they don't really want to kill foreigners. But I was focused. What motivates you? Um. Um. What motivates me? I'm, I'm going to sound like Dumbledore now. Um, <laughs> old magic. Right. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to say love. Um, why am I trying not to say love? Um, uh, what motivates me? Um, uh, I'm tenacious. Well, Once you've got a focus, once you know that it's based on love, once you're focused, then tenacity is – this is hard work. No, it's not hard work. It's a piece of cake because I would rather die than not do it. Um, yeah, that, that. So what challenge are you looking forward to? Um, well, <laughs> getting to Cambodia. Um, uh, the – We've got we've got a lot to do. We've got a lot to do. The challenge challenge at the moment is is um, well, it's a, it's a joke to say staying alive, um, but um, because because I'm 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 having I'm having treatment, but I don't know how long that's going to keep going for. Um, 
you know, but, but I mean, I'm 74 now. And in theory, I'll keep going for the way they're treating me. I'll keep going for another four or five years. You know, by the time they've, we've tried again, I'll be about 80 odd. Um, and this gets to be like the people who die of COVID when they're 104. Um, you know, I, I'm, what's, what's, what's motivate? what's, what's next? I, I don't, I don't know. I, I quite like it's, every, every day is very exciting. Yeah, that's, that's every day is incredibly exciting right now. Um, it, it's difficult, and I don't know what's happening. I mean, can you imagine in the middle of? Well, you you, you can because I've told you, but you know, there we are in the middle of. Suddenly, we get COVID nineteen. You know, when I came back from Cambodia, I could hardly walk and everything. I didn't know I was sick, and there wasn't a single Chinese person anywhere because uh, this is coming back from. Uh, the, you know, they'd already, they'd already in February, in February, this had started. In February, there was, there was no Chinese people on planes. So got all the way to, to Australia, um, you know, with, with, it, with, it all, with it already happening. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, I've, I, I will, I will get back. It, it's it's tenacity, it is love. What have I got to do next? Um, I don't know. It's actually as I as I told you, it's 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 actually quite exciting, very exciting trying to work out what's next, and I have to do it. Uh, so it's it's all happening. I, I don't know. From one day to the next, it's exciting. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh wow. Um, Yes, and it's very much, and it's very much the starfish story, and a lot of people know the starfish story. A lady walked walking along the beach, and occasionally there was a starfish that she threw back into the water, and somebody following her said, "You're wasting your time. Look at all these." He said, "No, but that one I've saved. That one I've saved. That that one's not cross. That one's that one I've saved." And you you. You, so so so. Just try if you want. Uh, what can I do? What can I do? Help somebody. Help somebody. Uh, just just just. If you help somebody, that's brilliant. Doesn't matter what it is. If you if you've got a passion, sure you'll go with it. But otherwise, just just help one person. Just help one person. They'll be pleased. Be rather. Be, you know. And all this about don't tell them. Well, you can tell them if you like. It's the if we're not trying to get we're not trying to win brownie points here. We're trying to help people. Um, so yeah, if if you want to help somebody, help them because your little bit will make a difference to that person. You and if everybody was to do that, that's all the starfish, isn't it? That's all the starfish, not one. If everybody was to help somebody, we've conquered the starfish what a problem. Mixed up day that this has been. Mm, we've been everywhere. You are, Jemima. Upside down, and we could sing. You know, we could sing our crazy, mixed-up hello goodbye song. Come on. Hey.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.